bonus brought it to him. Everybody, welcome to All Pacers, a podcast by Pacers fans and for Pacers fans. This is Jeremy, and with me as always is Jack and Breezy. How are you guys doing today? Good. Let's just be clear. If you're not a Pacers fan and you're listening, don't turn it off. Right. Well, it's for basketball fans. Yes. Also, fans of things like firefighters, trains, boats, just any cool thing in general, really. We've covered a lot of cool things on this podcast. I guess. <laughs> and we do every week, so. Yeah, I mean, we really, wherever the road takes us. That's feet. Yeah, we could talk about feet anytime. I would love that. That tone really makes me not want to talk about feet with you, though. Well. If we're being honest here. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Jeremy on this. <laughs> hey, speaking of feet, do you all know where your feet took you on November 28th, 1972? That was a good trans- transition. I liked that. Yeah. That was nice. Uh, and no, I do not know because I was not alive then. Oh, uh, okay. Um, and you, Same. Jacqueline. Yeah, I was also not alive then. You didn't have any feet kicking around back then? Uh, I, I don't think so. Would have been a long gestation. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been. <laughs> that would have been a super what, a long years gestation. If I was, yeah, because I was born in 94. You yeah. said 72? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. no, I wasn't alive. That's my wow. answer. <laughs> That's unfortunate, because in a past life, I was in Dallas watching the Pacers play the Dallas Chaparrals. Chaparrals? I don't know how you say it. Chaparrals, I believe. They are an old ABA team. They don't look like they were very good. Um, The logo looks like Stephen F. Austin. It kind of does, yeah. Do you think they went by the Chaps? The old Chaps. Ah, the old Chaps. They could have had either a really Western thing going on or a really British thing going on. Yeah. Oh, like, hello, chap. Hello, chap. And based on where it was located, it was probably British. Probably. Mm -hmm. You know, Delas. Delas. Delas chap Riles, mate. Hello. (laughs) That was Australian. (laughs) Whatever. Hey, shout out to our Australian listeners out there. We got some. Yeah. Yeah. And we would like to keep them, so we should probably stop doing... No, no, no. I'm sure they get a kick out of your Australian accent. Do they? All right, mate. I'm sure we've lost our firefighter listeners. All right. I I love firefighters. Let me just tell you, I love firefighters. (laughs) Anyways, despite what you might have heard. You just go back and forth between British and Australian. You can't pick one. (laughs) I don't know how to do it, you know? It's like... It all... I'm sure there are distinct distinctions... But when you're just going on the fly, it's like, you know, you don't know what's going to happen next. Well, now, what is that? Is that British or Australian? I don't know. Some, maybe South African. I'm just trying to envision James Corden in my head. So I'm like, what's, what's that, huh? Who's James Corden? No, that, that did he's a late, sound like oh, James late Corden. He's a late night late host, night guy, you know? Yeah. I, I'm talking to people. Carpool karaoke. I yeah. do the carpool karaoke's, Yeah. That's pretty good. That was actually, you're getting better at British. Yeah. I'm pretty good at James Corden now, eh? Oh, I thought he was doing Australian. I'm not kidding. Oh, no, he went back. He was in British <laughs> that time. I don't, I don't even know what I'm doing. Hey, if you're listening and you're from one of those places, hit us up. Let us know. Rate Breezy's accent game. Rate my accent one out of ten. Okay? Or whatever numbers you use over there. Put it on, put it on the metric <laughs> Doesn't system. Doesn't have to be. Yeah, it can be a metric scale, one to whatever. Or I don't even know if one is a thing. Anyways, I was in Dallas in 1972. 
it was kind of cold. Uh, but also, the Pacers beat the Chaparrales 120 to 117 in overtime, and George McGinnis, possibly the pa- the greatest Pacer ever, uh, had his highest scoring night in his career. He had 58 points, wow. 16 rebounds, and eight steals. And they were not keeping track of blocks and turnovers at this point. Well, no triple double, so disappointing. Yeah, <laughs> no, no triple. Oh, he was fourteen of twenty-one on free throws. That's kind of disappointing, too. I don't know. Back then, you know, free throws. Yeah, you can only hit so many underhanded. Yeah. No, you would hit more underhanded. It's true. Uh, Ollie taught us that from Hoosiers. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. It really. I mean, if you've ever done it. And you and you get it down. It's a more accurate shot. There's a really good episode of Revisionist History by Malcolm Gladwell where he talks about how all the NBA players, they all knew it was a better way to do it, but they all refused to do it because it didn't look cool. Yeah, yeah. But if all of them shot underhanded free throws, then it would have been cool. Mm-hmm. You're particularly a fan of underhanded free throws from. Uh, wait, don't tell me his name. From Louisville. I want to say Chuma. You're close. I'm thinking of the Auburn kid. I can't. Chuma Kiki is the only name I'm thinking of. Uh, I don't know. I give up. Wait, give me give me the first name. I don't remember his name. I oh. know who you're talking about, though. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. He, so went he, to was, the, he went to the rocket shot yeah, underhand free he throws. He shot underhand free throws. <laughs> he and he, his percentage did go up, so yeah. it works. He's from Louisville. Come on, Jeremy. Yeah. You know this. I don't. I what was his, his name? forgot his name. Oh, man. I expect you to know this stuff. All right, well, oh, there's the Wisconsin kid who shot jump shots for his free throws. Do you remember that? Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah. He Ask would. me his name. I don't. Well, oh, do you know his name? No, I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> was he good at free throws? I, don't, I think it helped his free throw shot doing a jump shot. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, if you're doing stuff like that, you, it's got to help you, or you just would go back to shooting it normal. Yeah, for sure. Like. For sure. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, Rick Barry, underhand free throw shooter, Ollie from Hoosiers. Can you? Uh, I don't know if anyone here like remembers this part from Hoosiers. I love the movie. I know you guys don't feel the exact same way I do. I think oh, it's a top ten. We feel the opposite. Sports movie. Yeah, I, I know I we had a big it's, discussion. It's good, but I don't. I think we only think, or we would only think it's the best because we're from Indiana. Right. Okay, but that that doesn't make a that doesn't make a movie right. better. So you're telling that just me makes you guys don't s- love that new. Sh- Cat Cafe show that's based in Louisville <laughs> because it's based in Louisville. No, <laughs> I'm not gonna no, watch. I haven't watched it. Yeah. Um. So, do you remember the the very end when Ollie's about he gets fouled? He's going to I the can, free throw I line. I can go and answer. I don't. You don't remember it? No. So Gene Hackman, who's the coach, um, he looks at Ollie and says, "When you hit these two free throws, um, then this is what we're gonna do," and. Ollie ends up hitting both free throws, but he's the worst player on the team, and he shoots them underhanded, hits them both. And uh, I always think about that moment, like when, like he put, like he was that confident that the worst player on his team was going to hit two free throws. Like that could have, he, I mean, in all likelihood, he would have missed both of those, and he would have looked like the dumbest coach in basketball yeah. history. But <laughs> hey, shout out to Ollie, underhand free throws work, I guess. So, well, they wouldn't have put it in the movie if he. <laughs> It would have been funny. It would have been a funny ending. Also, like, uh, we don't even these. know if he said that. Like, it is a movie. Right. I'm sure there's a lot of embellishment going on. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I think it happened. 
Well, we'll leave you to believe what you want to believe. <laughs> it's just easier that way. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's true. Uh, real quick, before we get to some news from around the Pacers world, if you haven't, please go follow us on Instagram at all.pacers or on Twitter at all underscore Pacers. If you've stuck around this long through the podcast, you either probably already follow us there or you should go follow us there because you like what we're doing because we're full of nonsense all on the podcast all day. But if you want some real Pacers stuff, you can get that on uh, our Instagram and our Twitter. Or and, uh, uh, Charlotte Hornet stuff because the most recent post I made was Jeremy Lamb in Charlotte Hornets uniform. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. So if you like the Pacers or Charlotte. Well, like we said earlier, if you like basketball, <laughs> yeah. we're the place for you. We talk about basketball. There you go. Uh, let's get into some news. Uh, first bit of news, not basketball. I mentioned this earlier. If you know us, we are big train guys. And we <laughs> just got trains. some big train news. Breezy, I want you to go ahead and take this away. <laughs> we did get some big train news. Uh, well, uh, we might be getting right, we these might be things. Getting some, yeah. Amtrak has uh, proposed some new routes, a lot of new investments. Uh based on a possible infrastructure package that could be coming down the pipeline soon through Congress. And, uh, yeah, here in, in Louisville, we would be getting a station uh, that would run to Indianapolis, and I think that would be the only place that we could go directly to from here Yeah, based on the picture. Um, but then from there, you could go to Cincinnati, Columbus? Uh, no, you can't go to Columbus from Indy. <laughs> you can go to Chicago. Uh, but it would be just the start. Eventually. Eventually, yes. The trains will take over the highway system. Direct routes all over the place. <laughs> as they used to. Basically, everything goes in cycles, okay? What we want to do is eventually eliminate the highway system and go all the way back to trains. All trains everywhere, all the time. But to be clear, high-speed rail, not like steam engines. High, yes, yes. And high powered high by coal. When high, <laughs> no, you can't have a high-speed rail powered by coal. Back when they had this... Steam, coal, we'll figure it out. One of the two. They had this Amtrak route from Louisville to Indianapolis before, and I read an article today that said when they closed it, it took five hours to go 120 miles. So hopefully they increase that speed and we get that to... Like under an hour, high speed rail should be able to get you there. In well, under an hour. you'd have to think there'd be stops in between. No, it's just a direct. No, route. it's just a direct. Direct. Yeah. Uh huh. So it's just Louisville. Like we would be able to do that for Pacers games. We just go oh. to the take the Amtrak up and then catch it back down. Interesting. And it'd be a real a lot quicker. Of a trip. You know that that was a nice part about. Well, I guess it was just from San Diego to San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> but when I was living in Chula Vista, very south San Diego, we could take a train up to downtown and go to a baseball game. Yeah, exactly. I only did it once. But it was cool. Uh, anywhere with subway systems or train systems, like that's a great place to be because it's so much easier than having to drive your car around and find parking. It's it's way more convenient and better for the environment. Yeah, mm-hmm. and subway restaurants. Also that. Yeah, they have good food. I think Subway is probably my fourth ranked sandwich chain. Rank them. Let's hear it. Uh, Jimmy are you, John's. Are you station. talking about the phallic shaped what Jeez. sandwiches? Sub sandwiches. Sub sandwiches. Or sub sandwiches, yeah, if that's what you prefer. <laughs> it, it is. Thank uh, you. Jimmy John's, Penn Station, I guess Quiznos, then Subway. But I'm not really a big Quiznos fan. I just don't like Subway. Is that crazy? No, I mean, and if Subway ever wants to sponsor us, I freaking love Subway. But Right, we all love Subway yeah. here. 
Um, big Subway fans, big fans of all those restaurants. Oh yeah, huge fans. Who could possibly? I think only people that listen to this podcast would even know what a Penn Station is. Like it's like a very Midwest thing. Is it? Uh, I don't. Is know. there not a Penn Station in Penn Station? There's for sure one in Philadelphia. Yeah, Penn Station is in New York City. Is there? <laughs> so thank you. Pennsylvania Good. Station. That's the yeah. right thinking, though. You're, you're on the right track. I think I'm pretty sure is Penn it, Station don't is they famously call Philadelphia Pennsylvania Station. No, Penn Station is famously under Madison Square Garden. Oh, so it, so a Philadelphia cheesesteak place think, was I'm started sure in New I have York. That, right. that doesn't sound right to me, but I I believe you. We we can talk about basketball too if you if you wanted to get to that. Yeah. Well, some other news in the basketball world. IU hired Mike Woodson. Yeah, love so, it. So Jack, do you want to take that one away? Um, yeah, I mean, as an IU fan, I won't talk too much about it because I know not everyone who listens is an IU fan, and I know not all of us are IU fans here either, but um, I like the Mike Woodson hire. We got Thad Mata to kind of be like a general manager almost for Hoosier basketball, which I haven't heard of that in college sports. Um, so we got two big-name guys to come in. I love the Mike Woodson hire. He was a Bob Knight player, um, former Hoosier, uh, NBA coach that players really respect, mm-hmm. and he turned around a terrible Hawks team. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't call him a great coach or anything, but, like, he wasn't a bad coach, and people know who he is because, like, he's well-respected. And uh, the Hoosiers just posted a picture recently. There were a ton of guys in the transfer portal. Um, and it looked like Mike Woodson was there talking to all the players, and they were going to clean some statues. Like, I don't know if he was, like, just teaching the history of IU, which I always think is an uh, important part. Like, if you're going to be a coach of a, a team, like, make sure your players know the history, like uh, – help them become scholars of the game and uh it looked like they were cleaning the statues like i said but there were some players there, like trace jackson was there christian lander was there um it looked like armand franklin was there who would be a great player to have back and including the first two i named but a lot of the guys who are in race thompson a lot of the guys who are in the transfer portal looks like they're there and they might be buying in so we'll see i know my favorite player al durham transferred Mm -hmm. but uh he was he was I mean, he's a fifth-year senior now because the seniors are allowed to come back for eligibility. If you didn't know, um, and yeah, I mean, that's that's a big bummer. But it looks like Mike Woodson kind of has a good grasp on this program so far. Uh, to tie, you mentioned Thad Mata. Did you mention Larry Brown? No. He also got hired on the staff. He won't travel with the team, but he's a part of the coaching staff. So uh, that's a Pacers tie in there. Former. Pacers are they going to zoom him in on road games? Uh, no, that's going to be hard. He's pretty old. He's old. That's why he's not traveling, I think. But so yeah, you got Thad Mata and Larry Brown and Mike Woodson all on the same staff. Love it. It's pretty. I, good. I mean, you knew it had to be a big move because the boosters came together, paid ten million dollars to like pay the final fee to get rid of Archie Miller, and I I knew immediately the Pacers weren't going to hire like a small school coach to be the next coach. Like it had to be a big name person. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think they were going to hire three big name coaches, <laughs> you know, at once. Yeah. So uh, some other quick news from the college basketball world. Uh, Chris Beard was a name that a lot of IU fans wanted. He went to Texas today from Texas tech. Also Roy Williams retired today. Yeah. And it was hilarious to me because Everyone was making fun of IU fans because their their list almost across the board was like Brad Stevens, uh, Billy Donovan, uh, Chris Beard, <laughs> Jay Wright, like all these names that you're probably not going to get. Gonzaga's coach. And now, yeah, and now UNC fans are doing the exact same yeah. thing. <laughs> I, I made a joke earlier. I was like, did they just copy and paste these from IU fans' accounts? Because <laughs> it's the <laughs> same list of coaches. 
<laughs> it was just really funny. Maybe they could get the ghost of Dean Smith. Ooh. Spooky. Yeah, but Ghost is your basketball coach. Hey. It'd be a great movie. Whoopi Goldberg movie. Was there a movie where she was a ghost? <coughs> well, we'll figure it ghost. out. Ghost. Oh. <laughs> really? <laughs> it's called Ghost. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if she was the ghost, but that's the uh, Patrick Swayze. That's right. Clay scene. That's right. I, I don't know the movie. Ghost. I've never seen it. Ghost, hey, okay. In other basketball news, speaking of uh, not traveling, Donovan Mitchell is no longer traveling with the Utah Jazz. When did that happen? Uh, he's no longer, or at least as of right now, he is not flying. He's that scared. With the team. Well, because I guess he has never liked flying, but then they had an incident where they hit a bird on takeoff. Oh, that's right. They didn't yeah. hit a bird. They ran into a flock of birds and oh, had to emergency land. Yeah. Like immediately. Yeah, terrifying. Would, I'm glad they're okay. Yeah, yeah. That'll do it for you if you're already afraid of flying. You wouldn't want to get back on a plane. Royce White. So, but he wasn't. So they played in Memphis last night, and he wasn't there. Oh, wow. I hadn't seen that. That's unreal, that man. Some breaking news. Yeah, the new Royce White. So I don't yeah, know. Maybe they'll did, still get the one that. seed. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. But man, I, I hope he can figure that out that's a huge blow to utah if he doesn't want to travel especially come playoff time well they might do a bubble again this year i don't know i doubt it yeah i doubt it yeah too. they're not gonna lose all that money again yeah and we should be nearing almost everyone being vaccinated by the time it's uh, so true it's supposed to be by may so 200 million in the first hundred days since all the some of the trailblazers have been vaccinated yeah it's really cool that the teams are putting it out there like hey look our guys are getting vaccinated mm-hmm. Everybody, you should go ahead and go do this too. I think some of the Thunder have. Hopefully, Myers, my Myers boy Leonard. Hopefully, not Michael Porter Jr. <laughs> I don't know if Michael Porter Jr. will get vaccinated. He probably won't. He won't. Dwight he won't. Howard's anti-vax too, right? So is Kent Bazemore. Yeah. If uh, Dwight Howard and Kent Bazemore are your allies, I'm not sure you're on the right well, side. Well, Michael Porter Jr. Also, yeah. Yeah, not sure you're on the right side of things. Uh, just to clear one thing up real quick, yes, Penn Station is under Madison Square Garden. Okay. Uh, we actually took the subway to a game one time. Oh. Got out underneath there. Yeah, we did. <laughs> you weren't there. <laughs> and it wasn't an NBA game. It was a oh. college game. But yeah. Still, it's still a cool experience. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, is there any other news we need to hit on before we get to some Pacers talk? Zero. Nobody hit on me, please. I'll hit on you if I want to. Please, I'm not Can ready Can we not today. talk about feet again? <laughs> I, well, you brought them up, so. <laughs> Look, I just, I really, I threw to Breezy for some trend news. I threw to you for some IU news. I was just really hoping one of you guys would throw to me for some news I'm interested in. Uh, you got what any Rick Pitino? What you, what Rick Pitino news? I don't have any Rick Pitino news. Uh, is he leaving Iona, though? He might. Surely, right? I don't know. If I he hear like. Texas Tech's hiring. They are. Uh, UNC is hiring UNC's, too. If he gets the UNC oh. job, oh my gosh. That would be crazy. Yeah. I mean, he'd only stay for a couple years because he's old, but it'd yeah. still be wild. Be good. A good, well, good share, in between. Share share your news with us, Jeremy. Uh, You're all dressed up? You're going on a photo safari soon? Yeah, I've been told I look like a photographer today. And yeah. I'm not sure why. I have a new hat, and that seems to be. You're like an outdoor photographer because your clothes thing. are all faded. It's like you've been out in the sun for years, never to go inside. I do live in the sun. <laughs> like physically, I travel to the Seeds sun. Seeds off of it. Photosynthesis. Night. Oh, photosynthesis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Photographer <laughs> synthesis. <laughs> I really nailed that. 
Yeah, that's good news, man. Good news for so Mike Woodson hired for me, Austin the train system, Jeremy eats by using photosynthesis. It's yep. big news day for us. <laughs> All right, let's get into some Pacers talk. Uh, this past week we had three games. Uh, on Friday the 26th, we played the Mavericks and beat them 109-94. On the 29th, at the Wizards, we lost 124-132. And then last night on the 31st of March, we lost to the Heat 87-92. We also made it to this far into the podcast without saying happy April Fool's Day, everybody. We're recording this on April Fool's Day. Yeah, You're probably not listening to it then, but... There you go. Maybe me saying Happy April Fool's Day was a prank. Happy April Fool's Day. Uh, my grandmother texted me this morning and said, there's a pink flamingo in my front yard. Come quick. And she lives in Charleston. And I was like, or Charlestown. I was like, for real? You got there and it was a yellow flamingo. I never went over there, but she texted us basically right after. I was like, "There's a why is there a pink flamingo in her yard? <laughs> and she's like, April Fool's. And I was like, oh my, dude, I feel like the biggest dummy. <laughs> I still haven't recorded every year on April Fool's Day. I like to put something under my shirt and pretend to be pregnant <laughs> on my Instagram. <laughs> and uh, so I'll say, oh, my God, everybody, I got pregnant. I don't know how it happened. <laughs> I don't know whose it is. So I still got to do that later today. That's a funny prank. Yeah. Well, now you gave it away. Uh, Just the listeners don't really keep up with me, but, you know. Bill Russell tweeted a a video of him working out this morning and said a team reached out to him saying they needed a 6'9 that's now 6'5 center. <laughs> Man, that's sad. That sucks. Uh, now you look good. He's still taller than all of I mean, us. No. Yeah, well, yeah, but like... Everybody just... shrinks as they get older. Wait, are you are you less than 6'5? Uh, no. Oh. You're bigger than 6'5? So he's only... He's taller than me, Jeremy. Yes, and <laughs> I am 6'6. Six, six. Okay. Well then, <laughs> uh, I going, thought we were doing improv. <laughs> going back to last week, I predicted the Pacers to be one and two over these three games, and I hate to admit that I was right, but I was one and two. You guys were more optimistic. I wanted to be more optimistic, but here we are. The only game we were able to win was that Mavericks game, and like I said, one hundred nine ninety four. Sabonis looked good, twenty two fifteen. Brogdon twenty two and six. Uh, Jack, what do you think happened between that game and then the next two? Well, okay, what I will say is Luka was out the Mavericks game. That's true. That was, yeah. a, that was an easy pick for the Pacers to win. Sabonis went off, like you said. Um, the Wizards game, I mean, Russell Westbrook played the greatest – I mean, not the greatest game of his career. I have his 10 greatest games of his career pulled up. That wasn't the best game of his career? Well, I wanted to ask you guys because okay. I left that game thinking, I don't think I've ever seen Russell Westbrook play better than this. Because what was his stat line? It was, uh, let me let me find it here. 35, 14, and 21. Yeah, 35 points, 14 rebounds, 21 assists. Plus, not to mention, 54% from the field yep. and 67 from three. Yep. Plus two steals, one block. That's really satisfying, though, because it's uh, it's all multiples, multiples of seven. Yeah. Um, and he was plus seven in the plus minus. Oh. So. Wow. Okay, uh, Beal was out. I thought this would be one of those games where Russell Westbrook would try to do too much and the Pacers would win. Yeah. Turns out Beal's the problem for the Wizards, right? So, <laughs> Hachimura had 26 as well. He did. He's Hachimura's been playing well. Not, he's not a bad player. Yeah, he, man. I mean, he, somebody had to catch all those assists and score, so. That's true. I mean, it did Denny Avdia, I, I have not thought he was a good player. He looked pretty good this game, too. Shot really well. Um, but here's some of Russell Westbrook's greatest games. So just tell me if like this one was better. I'll start at 10. This okay. is according to 
uh, wizards.com. Um, so Philadelphia versus Philadelphia in 2017, 18 points, 11 rebounds, 14 assists, was 6 for 6 from the field, 6 for 6 from the free throw line. So just like didn't miss a shot. Mm-hmm. Mm. This this game against the Pacers was better than that, surely, right? Yeah. yeah. So number nine, 45 points, nine rebounds, 10 assists, four steals, 56% shooting from the field, 61.5% shooting from the three. So uh, he didn't get his triple-double. Pacers' game was better. Pacers' game was better. He had, like we'd said earlier, how many rebounds? 14. 14, 14 and then 21 assists. This game he had 10 assists and nine rebounds. So, yeah, 100%. Eighth greatest game of his career, 54 points, nine rebounds, eight assists at Indiana in 2015. I still take the 35, 14, 21. It's going it's to it's be hard to beat 21, yeah, especially with percentages. 20, yeah, he's accounted. I mean, just going off the top of my head, he accounted for 70, what, seven points? Uh, if, you're, if you're just, that's yeah, just minimum. if you're assuming all the assists were two pointers, that's which true, they weren't. True. But. Yeah, I, I, that would be a good stat to look up. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so we're kind of getting there, it sounds like, to where it might be. So seventh versus Phoenix in 2016, 26 points, 11 rebounds, 22 assists. Still the Pacers game. Yeah, it's yeah. still the Pacers game because, I mean, he had 21 assists. There's just one less assist, but then he also had 35 points. Um, number six. Versus Phoenix in 2016, Russell Westbrook had 51 points, 13 rebounds, 10 assists on 15 of 20 from the free throw line. I still go with the Pacers game. All right. They didn't show his percentages in this one, in that one. Um, Here's his Nipsey Hustle game, 2019 versus the Lakers, 20 points, 20 rebounds, 21 assists. That, for me, that might be his best game for me. Yeah, that, w- that was a good this one. T- I mean, a 20-20-20 game is huge. Yeah, and the the meaning behind it for yeah. him, too. For sure the meaning, yeah. but I still think he, like, his stats last night against, or a couple nights ago against the Pacers, percentages, too. Like, 35 points is 15 points greater than 20 points. And then assist, he had more assists and just had slightly less rebounds than the Nipsey well, Hustle game. the most game. important game of his career. Yeah. Um, okay, so that was five, and let's just look at four, and then I'll skip to one. But four was 58 points, three rebounds, nine assists, and then 54% from the field. Or, are Why you are saying, we skipping? Oh, Breezy and I just both started laughing because you did 10 through four, and then you said, all right, let's just skip three and two. Those oh. are supposed to be the Oh, I thought we were best. looking for where this game was ranked, you know? Huh. And then I was like, all right, let's just call it there. But do you think – I mean, like, I want to hear them all. We've come oh, okay, this far, okay. yeah. This far. <laughs> you're right, you're right, you're right. So four was 2017 versus Portland, 58 points, three rebounds, nine assists, 54% from the field. See, that one should be lower, I think. Just because his rebounds and assists. Three, three rebounds yeah. is pretty low, yeah. Still a really good game. He scored mm-hmm. 54 points. He scored 17 in the final eight minutes and 28 seconds of the game, uh, and they overcame a late deficit to the Trailblazers. Yeah, that's another thing, too, is some of these games – yeah, you're not giving us a lot of context. I'd, I'd like to know. Like, I know, yeah, uh, I'm not giving you context. But what, I, what the context I can give you is he beat the Pacers with these four guys in his starting lineup. Rui Hachimura, Denny Avdia, Alex Lynn, and Jerome Robinson. You could argue to me that Denny Avdia and Jerome Robinson are two of the worst players in the NBA, and I, I couldn't argue back. Uh, I, I actually kind of believe that. I'll argue that they're not. But well, uh, you, they're Alexi not Pokachevsky, right? My they're dude. not. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I like Poku. 
Poku's got some good stuff. He's been playing better. Uh, they are not starting caliber players. Yeah. That is for certain. Alex Lynn, though. Definitely not a starting <laughs> level player. He finished with seven points, five rebounds. Um, just want to add that in. All right, so number three was 2017 at Houston, 51 points, 10 rebounds, 13 assists, four steals, 15 and 15 for 18 from the free throw line. So that was game two of the first-round playoff series against Houston. Um, and he finished with a plus 11 in 41 minutes against the Houston Rockets. Was that? I think that was when they were 2017. I think Durant wasn't on the team at that point. Or was he? Uh, was that the year he won MVP? I don't know. If it was, they got beat 4-1 by the Rockets. Oh, okay. So that might have been the only game they won. Yeah. Yeah. 51 points any night is a really good game. It's probably better than his 35-point game. I don't know, but... Um, and it's the playoffs. Yeah. So then number two was 2017 versus Orlando. 57 points, 13 rebounds, 11 assists, 53% from the field, 40% from three. And then number one, his greatest game of his career, according to Wizards.com, was April 9th, 2017 at Denver. 50 points, 16 rebounds, 10 assists, 53% from the field, and 42% from three. Yeah, it couldn't be that game. I, th- I think the Pacers one is better. <laughs> couldn't be the one in Denver. The point is, like, he had to pull off a heroic uh, effort in order to, like, for this Wizards team to beat the Pacers. I mean, that's probably not true. Maybe I'm a little biased towards the Pacers because they haven't been great. I mean, that was a heroic effort. And it was a heroic effort. Like, he came in, played as great as he could have, and beat the Pacers. So that that was a tough one to watch. Um, and then even the Heat game, the, the the next game after that, the Pacers had a 15-point lead in the third quarter, and yeah, we do well, what we do best, and we blew it. In the Wizards game, too, we were leading. And yeah. They went on a huge run at the end of the game. So, so it's so tough. It's just over and over again this season. I, I had it written down, but I've, I've lost it, so I'll have to do it again. But the Pacers have had a fourth-quarter lead in all but, like, nine games this year. Jeez. Which is shocking they've played 46 games you did text me you did the research a while back they've lost 25 so they're they, unreal if you have that kind of if you have a lead in the fourth quarter in that many games you shouldn't have 25 losses yeah like it's just reminds crazy me of a uh, seinfeld episode where he tries to rent a car and he he has a hold on a car but then he gets there and they don't have it and he says you know how to take the reservation you just don't know how to hold the reservation the pacers know how to get the lead they just don't know how to hold the lead so who's jerry seinfeld in this situation i guess it would be uh the fans yeah jerry seinfeld would be the fans it would be us and the lady behind the counter would be nate bjorkman yeah Yeah. (laughs) and the cars would be the pacers and the what Oh, what? No, what's the, the reservation the cars, for? The cars are the lead. They, you know, we know how to get the lead. We just oh, know how to hold the lead. oh, yeah. the the cars are the lead. Okay, that you makes really sense. had a good grasp of what was going on there. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have to spell it out for you at all. Uh, that's a really good way to put it, though, Breezy. That's yeah, so true. Can I add two things about the Heat game? Adam, I should have known better um, than to believe the Pacers would have beat the Heat because Goran Dragic was playing their best player. And also, Oladipo sat out of this game. It would have been his first game back in Indy um, because of a head cold. So, bummer. I would have loved to see him. Uh, I think if I had to guess, it's just a hunch. I'm sure he was sick. And I'll never doubt Oladipo. But 
I'm sure he was nervous after seeing how the Pacer fans treat Paul George um, when he comes back to the Indiana, and I bet it was like making Oladipo a little anxious. I think the they do the same thing to him. There's no, no I don't way. think that we would do the same thing to Oladipo. But I think he just doesn't want to play against the Pacers. I think it's yeah. merited. Hey, let's boo Oladipo when he comes back. Why not? <laughs> he didn't want to be there. It's true. He made it clear he did not want to be a part of the team. Let's boo him when he comes back. Hey, if you're listening right now, let out a boo. Let out a boo, you Oladipo, right now. No. He didn't okay. love us. He didn't want to be with us. And that's, you know what? He's entitled to that. That's his choice. But there are going to be booing repercussions. <laughs> uh, Jack, I had some questions I wanted to ask you. Um, I was going to spring them on you. Ooh, so yes. I'll spring them on you right now. Yes. This this wasn't this wasn't going to be the first one. The other ones are about these games. But my first question: How long is it going to take before you realize Oladipo isn't your all-time favorite pacer? He's not. Oh, so it's already. It's already. Okay, I was thinking about this this past week. I was like, man, Jack says that Oladipo is his all-time favorite pacer a lot. And yeah. It's always crazy to me. Well, it's a day-to-day question for me. How many? He played like two seasons. One and a half hurt. good seasons. Yeah. That you. That's crazy to have that player as your all-time favorite. But, I mean, I'm an IU fan. Loved the energy he brought. Um, and he was really, really good. The first season. The first full season, yes, with Indiana. What, he had 23 points per game, led the league in steals, first team, all defense, um, led the, the league in steals. I think I said team. Led the league in steals. All-star. Um, I think he was third-team All-NBA that year, too, like – Oladipo was really good that first year, and there was a ton of hope. And, I mean, it just seemed like a like a, a coming home story that was just perfect. And I loved it. I mean, it was like, yeah, this is this is my favorite player of all time right now, for sure. But now he's not, obviously. It just it feels a lot like saying David West is your all-time favorite player. <laughs> like, he came in, and he was really good for those teams. He's like, yeah, but he's not. You don't think of him as like a pacer. No, but he didn't yeah, if play. If you're a Pacers fan, you well, do. I can see that. Yeah, he's a pacer. David West. Is I a can pacer. see David West being someone's favorite pacer. But he's not like an all-time guy for Pacers fans. See In what I'm the saying? grand scheme of things, no. Yeah, and Oladipo is not going to be an all-time guy for Pacers. Don't fans Don't you think either. David West was the best player on the Pacers for three years, though? No, Paul George. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be ridiculous. I'm not going to take any of your Paul George slander in here. <laughs> Uh, all right, well, that, that ended up being a lot more straightforward than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I'm sorry I didn't have more content for you, Jeremy. No, but no, that's great. I was, it's, it's Reggie again, so Reggie, shout out. I'm not mad that you always steal my graphics and don't tag me in them when you post them on Instagram, but, hey, I'm not, I'm not mad because I think that's pretty cool, first of all. But, hey, you know what? You're, you're my favorite player again. And also tag me in some stuff sometimes. You sound a little mad. <laughs> no, I'll never be mad at Reggie. Uh, I hope he's having fun at Wendy's right now, too, by the way. Yeah, locked in there uh, one just yeah, a few more days. Has, he's been at Wendy's a lot. Yeah. If you don't watch the college tournament, uh, you guys both do, obviously. But uh, there's a commercial where Reggie's in Wendy's, and he brought a bunch of Wendy's workers with him just because – well, actually, I don't know the context of the story. Why is he at Wendy's? Because he likes the breakfast. He wants the breakfast, so he creates a bubble. So he's just at Wendy's for the games? Yeah. Okay. No, just all the time. Oh, just he all just, the time. He moves his bed in there. He lives <laughs> in that Wendy's. Oh, that's right. That's right. Kenny, Kenny the Jet Smith wants in, but he, he won't let him in. He won't let him. Yep. <laughs> oh, did you notice when Kenny is in the commercial, there's the window that's from here up. You can't see his legs. 
Yeah, you talked about this the other night. You have a weird thing where you think Kenny the Jet Smith should never show his legs on TV. Right, it should be in his contract. But you agree with me now. You saw his legs. I did see him walk around a desk in another commercial, and I did say that I agree he should have that in his contract. <laughs> it's just a really weird thing to notice. He has bad knees. He played a lot in the NBA. It does some numbers on your knees. That is true. Yeah. Second question. Okay. Uh, what, what do the Pacers need to do about their rotations? Oh, so the big problem right now is, and actually I heard Raja Bell talking about something recently, and it made me think. Um, Raja Bell was, uh, he, I mean, he was a good player, but he knew what his role was. Mm -hmm. If a team needed him to go off for 33, like he had the, the capability of doing that, but he knew that his role was to play good defense and cut really well. And like that's how he was going to help his teams be successful. So he wasn't. He had. He did not have the capability of scoring thirty plus points every night. Like he wasn't that type of player. But like if he needed that outburst at times, like he could do it. Similarly, I think Doug McDermott, Justin Holiday, like a bunch of these role players that were asking um, to have these big roles and were thrusting into this position, like it's obviously not working. Um, we have the two guys who like can bring it most night, most every night, which is Sabonis and Brogdon. They're they're both still growing into their own, too. And uh, rotation-wise, I mean, I honestly like the the loss of T.J. Warren is such a big deal to this team's success right now, because uh, when you have to start Justin Holiday right now, I mean, Doug McDermott's back on the bench, but like that, and I think I talked about this in last week's episode too, so I don't want to harp on it too much, but. Like, our bench unit last year was devastating when the Pacers would come in slow and flat with our starting lineup. The bench unit would come in, McConnell, McDermott, Aaron Holiday, Justin Holiday, and then Sabonis would transfer over to stagger minutes for him and Turner. Um, they'd come in and get us right back in the game. And when we're breaking that apart, that sucks. And we're asking McDermott this year to be a lot more than he is in the NBA. Yeah. We're asking him to be Creighton. Doug McDermott, but against NBA teams, against Jimmy Butler. Definitely ask him to be more than Creighton. Doug yeah. McDermott. <laughs> well, like that, that level of usage, yeah. but against NBA talent and um, some good defenders too, because he plays the three and four and that's not an easy position to score against. Mm -hmm. And well, no, no position is, but some of the best defenders in the leagues are those long threes and the long fours. And, like Karis LeVert, I, I really like what I'm seeing from Karis LeVert, and I'm excited for him to be fully healthy and like back into NBA playing shape. Yep. Um, but something's not right with the Pacers, and I I have a feeling it's we're asking people to be too much, and not calling timeouts at the right time, <laughs> and uh, I don't want to blame Nate Bjorken completely because he's a rookie coach. We ha we have to give him time, but it's just not been easy. All right, that leads me to my next question. Okay. Uh, Bjorken leaves Turner on the bench inexplicably for long stretches of the fourth quarter. Yeah. doesn't really make sense. Uh, astute observers last night would have seen Bjorken take a timeout when the Pacers were starting a fast break and then Sabonis hang his head and mutter to himself something. Don't know what he said, but he was uh, clearly upset. Stupid Nate. You don't, speak, you don't speak Lithuanian? I don't lip read. Or Gonzagan. Gonzagan. <laughs> So, my question, Jack, is Bjorken a bad coach? Oh, that, okay. Um, yes, right now he is. Is there room for him to grow? Yes. 
but like for me you and austin to sit at home and say why is turner not playing for these last five minutes and and we're right because we've seen him play in the last five minutes and he's a different player like obviously he needs to be in in those moments especially the way he's playing this year and also like call a timeout if a team's going on a 10-0 run like stop stop the momentum and if we're going on a fast break and you see that Sabonis is going out and like he's going to be the center of this fast break, you're probably going to get a bucket. Like don't call a timeout on the way down the court. And I don't think he has trust in the players in the right way and in the right moments. Like for some reason he thinks like we can play through these big runs from that other teams are going on and, and we'll make it out of this. We're not making it out of it. You should know this by now. So yeah, I think he's a bad coach, but I, I don't think he, will forever be a bad coach i think there's time for him to grow yeah i agree with that for sure uh he hasn't been doing well recently there's so many times i think just in the game last night there were three different eight to ten minute stretches where the pacers scored between zero and two points in them so it's like you can't let that happen over and over and over again you got to change something especially with the timeouts too and the rotation just kills me the most it's like if you go back listen to us last year it's the thing that we harped on the most with nate mcmillan was that over and over again, he just wouldn't change his ways. And already it seems like Bjorken's not willing to try new things, and he just wants to keep trying his rotation the way he wants it to be. And maybe it's not going to work, and he just needs to admit that. Yeah. Um, depending where – I think if the Pacers finish eight or below this year, I don't think we're going to see Bjorken back next season because we know how important it is for our ownership group to have at least a mediocre, slightly better than mediocre team every single season. And when we're a bad team, we're not selling tickets. Obviously, we're not selling well, tickets right now. Well, is like the pinnacle of mediocre. That's why, well, yeah, I mean, I think eight, eight seed or below is kind of my number in my head right now for I don't think we'll see Bjorkman back at that point. Um, I mean, if we win the playing game and then show hope for next season, like it's a completely different story. But um, if the Pacers finish ninth this year, lose the playing game, and that's it, like I, there, I think there's a 0% chance we see Bjorkman next year. Um, just because, like, the ownership wants to sell tickets, right? So I don't know what your thoughts are. Like, if you have a number, if you just totally expect Bjorkgren to be back next year. But I, I also think, like, the T.J. Warren piece is a huge part in why we brought Bjorkgren in. Like, yeah. he was T.J. Warren's guy in Phoenix. And part of the reason that T.J. Warren became who he was was because Bjorkgren spent a lot of time uh, focusing on his game and helping him become who he is. So... I don't know. I, we may never get to see that. Yeah, it's hard for me to see a scenario where he's not back to start the year next year at least. Um, I don't think they would only give him one year and then give him the boot. I think they'll bring him back. But he'll be on a on a time frame next year for sure. He's got to turn things around. It's. I mean, we're we're we're. It's basically like we're watching Brett Brown right now in these late game moments. Oh gosh! Like with the timeout calling. That's painful and the just to even imagine. That's what I'm saying because I think Brett Brown's the worst coach. And I mean, he's not in the league now, but when he was at Philly, I, I thought he was the worst coach. And we're really we're seeing what Philadelphia can be with Doc Rivers. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know if you think he's a if Doc Rivers is like a great coach or anything. But I mean, the team is really good and still really good without Embiid right now. They're still number one in the East ahead of the Nets. And I mean, with the way that Nate Bjorkman's been calling timeouts and doing the late game rotations, I just feel like I'm watching Brett Brown. <laughs> that's yeah that's a really rough thing to hear yeah i hate to say it. it's sure. just it's how i feel so i don't know uh 
you think he'll be back next year. I think with the way things are going, I don't think we'll see him next year. Breezy, tiebreaker. Do they bring him back next year? I think so. I don't think you fire a guy after one year unless unless the Pacers would have went like the equivalent of 16 and 66 or whatever it would be in an 82-game season. There'll be a play-in team, you know, um, or unless it just seems like he has completely lost everybody in the locker room. I would expect to see him back, um, especially because they'd, they'd still be on the hook to pay him. Um, True. I don't know if coaches' contracts, how different they are from players, but I'm sure he has a certain amount of guaranteed money in there if it's not fully guaranteed. For sure. So, On I top of Monte Ellis's contract. Nate McMillan's contract. Is he, like, is he off the books after this year or next year? I think next, next year is Monte Ellis's last year as um, a Pacer, unless we re-sign him. <laughs> well, <laughs> let's hope that that doesn't happen. Look, if it means they have to fire Nate Bjorkren so they don't re-sign Monte Ellis, then that would be fine. Yeah. But unless that <laughs> scenario occurs, I think he deserves a chance to have all of his players, uh, TJ Warren being out, has been very big obviously so you need to see how he can function with that group but this Pacers team has also not been healthy in a years so yeah, very true and they performed well when big players were hurt too mm-hmm. yeah and they're not performing well right now with a big player hurt yeah so we'll see we should have just hired Becky Hammond when we had the chance <laughs> honestly hey we we talked about that here or who did the who did the Timberwolves just get what's his name Chris uh, Chris Finch yeah Chris Finch like I mean there were plenty of great coaches out there I just I don't know I I still have I still have high hopes for Bjorkren I still believe but so far he has a lot to learn <laughs> alright I got one final question for you guys okay. uh, Pacers are currently 21 and 25 sitting in the ninth seed they are 8 and 13 at home they have like a 30 year streak of home uh, re- home winning records that is very much on the line because they're eight and thirteen, with only fifteen home games left. Jack, do you think the Pacers should try and fight up into the actual playoff spots around six, or do you think they should tank, or do you think they should do something in between? Okay, so since we're not close with the players, like I don't know how they're feeling. I've heard word that Sabonis and Brockton aren't happy um, with Bjorkgren, obviously, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I would prefer to tank unless it means that some of your main guys like that aren't going to want to be here anymore. Um, I said it before the trade deadline. I would have loved for the Pacers to trade every single guy on the team and just start fresh. <laughs> and I can't remember who I was watching last night. Well, you did try and trade the whole roster to Dallas for Luka. <laughs> That's right. Well, no, I was I was talking to my wife last night because we were watching the Lakers Bucks game, and I I said, you know what? I'd trade the entire Pacers roster for Drew Holiday right now. Oh, jeez, like it's that's crazy. But you know how I feel about Drew Holiday. But I was thinking like, what's my minimum player actually for who I would trade the entire team for? And it's probably not much better than Drew Holiday at this point. I'm just like, let's tank, let's get one really good guy and just go from there. Like maybe it's Karis Levert, maybe it's Sabonis. Well, you've gone a little too far with yeah. that take. That's a little. But bad. no, I I definitely would love to just experience tanking 
And I, I know, like, I probably would look back at this in four years if the Pacers did tank and say, that's a stupid take because I'm sure tanking and, like, being a fan of a tanking team's tough. But you see a lot of teams have success through the draft, and we've, we haven't had a top nine pick in I don't even know how long, you know? So, like, yeah. Paul George was a 10th pick, I believe. And before that, I don't – Roy Hibbert was maybe 11th pick or 17th pick. It was something like that. I don't remember a top 10 pick that we've had since I've been a fan in a long time, just, like, based on me thinking right now. And I don't know. I think it'd be fun to tank. And obviously, like, this team isn't going to win a championship this year. So don't you think it'd be kind of fun to try it out? Uh, I'm I'm almost for my entire life. I've never been a fan of tanking. But for the first time ever, I feel like, yeah, just go for the picks at this point. Like, how how good are we going to be? We're trying our hardest and we're losing all these games. So, yeah, we're not we're not playing well. Something's need something needs to change if they can. Even get in the top ten, you're looking at like a Corey Kispert or a Scotty Barnes or a Franz Wagner off of Michigan. Oh my gosh! Dude. Which hey, he airballed a three. He did, <laughs> but he's a good player. He's better than his brother. For, I would by hope. Oh, if you're mentioning him in the top ten, because his brother is awful. He's better by a mile, by a hundred miles than his okay, brother. Okay, yeah, better because be, by a mile would make him like not that good still in the NBA. So you're not you're not getting the marquee players like Mobley or Green or Kaminga, but you're you're going to end up with a solid player. And what I imagine the Pacers would, Pacers would actually do with that pick would be trade it in a package to get uh, another guy. I imagine. Yeah. Don't you think so? I, yeah, probably just to have someone that can compete now. Like if we had a. So there was a trade actually. Do you remember before the season someone's like, "What if the Pacers did this?" It was basically. We're trading with Golden State and Minnesota. We give up Warren, Brogdon, Turner, and Oladipo. Like, we kind of split them around. James Johnson comes to the Pacers. Andrew Wiggins goes somewhere else. And then the Pacers end up with James Johnson, the first overall pick and the second overall pick in the draft. And we, like, lose all those guys but Sabonis. And uh, we could have had, if we drafted right, LaMelo, Anthony Edwards, Devonis Sabonis, and build around that. And, like, doesn't that just sound way more exciting than – like, I mean, I love our guys that we have on the team, but, like, just those young guys with that much potential, like, I would just love to have a top pick for once, you know? Yeah, well, the problem with Anthony Edwards is it's all potential still. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm still not sold that well, he's actually wanted, Well, it probably would have been Anthony player. Edwards. I've been I mean, having some really nice games lately. Yeah, I love Anthony Edwards. I love him. But, I mean, like, even just having LaMelo Ball on the team, like, I, I've, I didn't love LaMelo Ball would coming the Pacers this have had the guts to take him at number – Two or th- when did he get picked? He, he went, went three. Third? Yeah, so it, it went Edwards, Wiseman. I mean, even if we got Edwards and Wiseman, like, the I still Pacers really don't like anything that. flashy. <laughs> <laughs> they would have. It's true. They would have probably taken, I don't know, the equivalent of. We would have got a Kongwu and Patrick Williams. <laughs> hey, I really I like Patrick Williams. Williams. I mean, Patrick Williams is good, but, like, he's not flashy. No. He will be, though. <laughs> So, I mean, that my point is, like, like it would be fun to just experience, like, the hype of a young guy like that. I mean, I don't, I don't know if it would be fun to tank. Here's, yeah, here's the thing. It would not be fun to be in the midst of a tank because the team would really be really bad, uh, especially but, if the tank drags on, like Minnesota yeah. or one of these other teams. But it's too late for them to blow it up. So you, you just you, They've got the team they've got, so it's either going to be – I don't think it's too late to blow it up. No, I mean, this season. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. You've got the guys you got. You're going to either play them or not. So you're not losing players to get a bunch of draft picks at this point, at least for now. We'll see what they do in the offseason. But they could send guys home. Al Horford just. Yeah, it's true. So crazy. Well, and also the way they've been playing, they can just play their guys and still lose all the games anyway. So they don't even have to try to tank right now. So, I mean, we did just come out of a really tough stretch, too, and we can't forget that. Like, we right. have some Orlando games coming up, Houston Rockets games coming up. But we had an easy stretch before that tough stretch, and we lost all those games, that's too. True, that's true. So. <laughs> I mean, we lost to the Bulls. Like, Okay, so the one hope I do have for making the playoffs, I know that we're better than the Bulls. Are we? Yeah. They just got a lot better. Did they? Yes. I will say they have not played well in the few games since Vooch got there. I think they're 0-3. And Levine has not played well. He didn't play last night. But once Auto Porter, they lost Auto Porter to play defense for. Once once they figure that out, they will be a better team. I don't know what he's saying. I don't know what he's talking about. (laughs) Auto Porter, man, the best player on the Magic right now. No, that actually might be true. Uh, You know what though, Terrence Ross. No, I think it's Dwayne Bacon. Well, maybe Terrence Ross. I forgot. He's the captain now. He's the captain now. It's Auto Porter, guys. Dude, Dwayne Bacon was lighting Stop. it up in that Lakers. It game sounds like you night. have a lot of uh, auto porter, auto porter I don't think stock even starts. So you might want to sell that auto porter. I mean, he stock. had 13 points for them in a win the other day. Well, I don't even remember who they were Bacon playing. Have. Look, let's not go into the magic. <laughs> let's not do all that magic. The point right is now. like, the point is we have to be better than the Bulls. And you don't or have to be. I don't know that this team is the Raptors. I don't know. I mean, and I think we're I better than both. I don't know why the Raptors are this bad right now, but that's the thing about all these teams is yeah. they're all below average teams. So and like, look, the next five games we play. Like, I know the Hornets are the fourth seed in the East right now, but we're playing the Hornets, Spurs, Bulls, Timberwolves, Magic in the next five games, and it's like we should be able to win some of those. You know, hopefully. Would you rather have? Well, that's th- like we, we have more talent than most of those teams. If right? the Pacers end as the ten seed. They'll likely get around the tenth pick because you got a bunch of Western Conference teams that are going to finish above them, anyway. So, but if you make the playoff, if you, oh, okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, uh, that's obviously the lottery changes where you're going to be, but they'll be the tenth. They'll have the tenth chance or whatever it is. Okay. So does the lottery still include fourteen teams? Do you know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it'll always be the teams that didn't make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Oh, so if they don't make the play-in, or if they lose their play-in game. No, no they go into the lottery. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Those, gotcha. those, that's the whole thing about the playing game is to say, all right, still play well because you can still get in the lottery and try to get a chance at the playoffs. That's true. That's well. true. Okay. That makes sense. So, I mean, yeah, like we've gone through some tough stretches and have not performed in the fourth quarter, and I don't know if we can fix that first of all, but hopefully like some of these games coming up, we can win some of these and turn our season around because we're less than four games out of the four seed. Right. Yeah. So, like, I mean, there's still plenty of time. We're in game. We've played 46 games out of a 72 game season. Like, we still we still have time. 26 games left. And let's talk about some of these games that are coming up. First up, uh, you're probably listening to this on Friday the second, and we've got the Hornets at home tonight. Jack, what are you expecting from this one? No Lamelo. He's been out. Okay. Well, since Lamelo's not there, there's a lot of weight on Cody Zeller's shoulders. <laughs> And coming home to Indy. He's coming home to Indy, man. Um, I mean, I look at this team, and I think there are a bunch of like guys who are overperforming, and they're still a really good team. They're a fun team to watch right now. 
And I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I like the Hornets, but I still think the Pacers have more talent. Yeah. It's just a matter if uh, we can uh, call timeouts at the right time, play the fourth quarter, and hopefully the, there's enough chemistry still where we can like put together a good run. And hopefully it starts with this Hornets game. And then on the third, we're at the Spurs. I believe this is a rescheduled game because of COVID protocols back in February. And that's why it's on an away game on the second night of a back-to-back. Yeah. So there's, like, I mean, it doesn't get much easier than this. We play a game in Charlotte that ends around midnight on Friday. And then the next day we have to fly to San Antonio. No, it's in Indiana. No, it's in Indy. And they'll oh, in Indiana. Okay. They'll fly that Still. night. Still. Okay. Still, I hate those games when, like, you're on one side of the country and then the next night you have to be. Yeah, it's a time zone shift. Yeah. Well, I feel like in Indy and San Antonio aren't super. I know, but still, like, you're still you traveling. Go uh, you got to go down. A couple yeah. hours. Yeah. You're not going west. All right, I mean, we we could it's do semantics, whatever. But we're doing all dot geography, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I agree. The that, is, that is a rough. It's a rough thing. Playing in Indiana and then immediately going to Texas. At least they don't have to go to Milwaukee this time, which is the other that's two true, times. Man. Which I'm surprised that's not the case. I, let's see. Do we play Milwaukee again this year, surely? Um, well, if history tells us anything, it's that we're going to lose this game by 30. <laughs> so. Against the Spurs. Yeah. <laughs> hey, the Spurs uh, got some nice young talent. They do. And DeMar DeRozan, and who, we all, who we all love here. Nice old talent. Is he old, though? He's, he's probably 30. He's 28, 29, 30, 30, 30, 33. Right? 33? No way. Yes. Yeah, he's not 28. Oladipo's 28. That's true. I can't imagine he's 33. I don't know. Would you guys say 30's old? For an NBA player? No, just a general. He is 31. <laughs> okay. He'll be 32 in August. Split the difference. So, okay, Jeremy... Speaking of age, do you think you're past your ability to make it to the NBA now? Yeah, I'm going to say yeah. You are. Yeah. Austin, what about you? No, no you're way. entering your prime. No way. I can All right. still hey, we're not, we're not doing this. <laughs> we're not doing this. On Tuesday the 6th, the Pacers are back home for a game against the aforementioned Bulls. Uh, Vucevic will get his, his sea legs under him for the Bulls. Um, is that – I think that's the third time I've ever said sea legs in a sentence like that. And, and for some reason, it's just been recently. It's just casual. It just feels weird when I say it, but you really at the same like time, it just comes out. For You're thinking about the ocean. I guess so. That's weird. Uh, but we'll see if Vucevic is good if he's not just a good stats, bad team guy. Um, and we'll get a good test against the Pacers. And then uh, like we're having a rerun of last week's episode. <laughs> yeah, I'm moving right past it. <laughs> That'll bring us to next Wednesday, the 7th, and the Pacers are at home again for the Timberwolves. What's wrong with the Timberwolves right now, Austin? Everything. <laughs> they don't. I mean, they don't have a lot of talent. That's uh, very true. I do like that Jaden McDaniels guy in some league pass that I've caught of them. The, the saddest thing ever was uh, the other night. I, in fact, we hung out, what was that, last Saturday, Saturday. night? Mm-hmm. Uh, before I came to see you guys, I was watching Wolves Rockets because I had the Rockets in a parlay. <laughs> and uh, this was when NCAA tournament games were on, too. But, yeah, they don't have a lot of talent. I don't really know anything about the new coach. Um, they made that stupid trade for D'Angelo Russell. At the time, it was not good. 
it certainly hasn't aged well. I don't know why you would give up a top draft pick if you're a bad team for D'Angelo Russell. I mean, I know they wanted to do it so that Towns will not leave, but... Yep. Had to get his best friend. Or a close friend. Yeah, like D'Angelo Russell is not worthy uh, of that high of a pick. So, uh, they got management problems. They uh, got problems up and down. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And they also recently took the Pacers to an overtime game. (laughs) But the Pacers (laughs) were able to win that one. They did. I mean, if, but Anthony Edwards is an exciting, exciting young player. And if you've watched him at all, I mean, he is, he shows flashes that he can be really good. He is still 19 years old, though, so the consistency is not there yet. Um, But I, I, so I think they can be happy about that pick and McDaniels. The rest is murky moving forward. All right, so you guys got predictions for this next week? So we have four games. I'm going to I'm gonna best-case scenario, I think we're better than all four of these teams, but I'm going to say that we're going to go three and one. I think we're going to drop this game to the Spurs. I'm also going to say three and one, losing either to the Spurs or the Bulls. Oh, so wow, you think Hornets is a win, too? Not say 4-0 for the first time ever. He Last week, he said he's going to start being more realistic because yep. we're going to keep track of it. So realistic uh, for me is 3-1. Three and, three and one. I, I'm going to take a 2-2 two and two right here. I do think this this is a 4-0 and oh stretch. Uh, yeah, if this team is going to turn around, this is the kind of stretch where you need to see some longer win streaks strung along. We haven't won three games in a row since the first three games of the season. So you got to start winning games in a row. The last time we won two games in a row was Pistons and Mavericks. The time before that, you have to go all the way back to February 11th and 13th. It was Pistons and Hawks. That was the last two-game win streak we had. So we need to start catching the Pistons. Well, we play them. We play them at the end of the month on April 24th at the front end of a back-to-back. And they're surrounded by the Thunder and Magic. That could very well be a two- or three-game win streak right there. Yeah. Well, well, if you, you just, just look, look past the Timberwolves game, then it's the Magic and the Grizzlies before the Clippers. Yeah. So, hypothetically, you can win all six of those games. All seven? Yeah, you can win all six of those games. <laughs> you just got to play well. You can't be falling apart in the fourth quarter all the time. And if we win all six of those games, that might put us in fourth in the East. <laughs> well, I mean, that's this is going to be a good stretch to see where the Pacers really are this year. If you... If you're if you go three and three against this caliber of team, you're not a good team. You're right. just you're just not. You gotta right. win most of these games. And if it's a blowout game against one of the like, if we're just like getting whooped by one of these teams, that's like that's not a good that's not a good look. So, hey, we're being we're being realists here today. We are. I, it's weird. It's a new look for me. I, I wore my for realist you, clothes for you specifically. Yeah, it's a new look. <laughs> but. Um, Jeremy, I, I know that we had some other stuff to talk about since we don't have any more games to talk about. It's true. I posed the question on Instagram, what is everyone's favorite signature pacer to move of all time? So all right. there's a few that come to mind for me. Jeremy, you said, did you say one earlier when we were talking about this? Well, my first question was how many people said the Lance Stevenson air guitar? And I was shocked to find out that nobody did. Nobody, yeah. So uh, there's a few that came to mind like growing up, you know, watching Reggie do his leg kick out three or like his yep. running three kind of fading to the side. Um, 
or the Jermaine O'Neal, just like his mastery in the post, doing a turnaround jumper too. Like um, those were the type of shots where you'd see them and think this is going in every time. And I was like, I wonder if like what the signature move of these Pacers would be. And then it turned into me, you know, posing the question of some of our followers. And I got some really bad responses <laughs> and definitely from some fans who just aren't happy right now with the Pacers, which was fun to just read through. But um, I thought we could, you know, just kind of talk about like Brogdon's signature move. Like, what do you think it is? Because I have a thought. What would you say his Brogdon's signature move is? signature move. When uh, I think of Brogdon, walking, like, just oh, stepping into a three is that's, that's that, what yeah, he does. I mean, that could be it. I was thinking like, if you need a bucket from Brogdon, what's his go-to move? I think it's just drive to the basket and use his shoulders to bounce someone off of him and score a layup. Don't you think that's like his move? Just running to the basket. I don't. I don't think you can call that <laughs> a signature move. <laughs> signature move. That's just, this, we're just talking about hey, that's what just do players thing do? Guys well. do. I know, but I mean, isn't a signature move like the move you go to to score a bucket? Uh, so maybe Brock I don't know. Have I one. think of something that when, is like distinctly that like yeah. Dirk's fade away. Yeah, which, which is what he would go to when he needed a bucket. It's, it's a signature because it's his. Yeah, okay. that makes it a signature. Okay, move. that's fair. That's fair. So Sabonis's so so maybe is spin under the basket, left hand, almost like baby hook. <laughs> so it's just so it's just the move you think the the move you think of when you yeah. think well of maybe I think that I think of that as a signature okay. maybe I'm wrong I I don't think there's anyone on the Pacers who people are like oh my gosh like that guy stole Karis Levert's move <laughs> you know <laughs> so I just so anyway let me just go through this list let's talk about this um, I have Tyreek Evans zero step on every play what do you think Tyreek Evans played for the Pacers yeah. This is that. a good one right here coming up. TJ McConnell's inbound pass steal. Yeah. That, that could actually be kind of a signature move, right? I mean, it's just a steal. <laughs> but how many players do you see? What about not that? shooting three? <laughs> yeah, also, TJ Ma- McConnell's move is dribbling. for sure uh, dribbling down uh, across the baseline and then scoop shot underneath the basket. That Okay, that's one of them. I thought you were going to say this one, who's this person said McConnell's fadeaway mid-range. That's a good one for him, too. Which, yeah, he gets into the middle. Phase one. The little floater that Brogdon does. Yeah. Didn't think about that. That's he misses a that a lot, though. Um, little floater. It's not great. This that next one is this guy's favorite Pacers signature move is the first-round exit. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's a great one. This guy said uh, Aaron Holiday's move where he shoots and misses. <laughs> These are great. Uh, we didn't, choke, we didn't choke, even talk Reggie about Miller choke. Yeah, that's not really a move. It's not really that's the same thing with the Lance Stevenson. It could also be just the Pacers choking. Yeah. All he said was the choke. We didn't even talk about Aaron Holiday just still being bad. This yeah, week. bummer. I know. There's not really much to say. I think you nailed it. I did. You summed it up pretty well. I just needed to make sure I said it. <laughs> um, McConnell under the basket and fadeaway. Yep. Boom. There you go, Jeremy. Um, that's from Aaron Clay, one of our biggest fans. Mm-hmm. Um, Sander, who runs Pacers, not Pacers meme page, uh, Pacers memes. Pacers dot memes. Wow, I can't remember. Sorry, Sander, if you're listening. I can't believe I forgot what your page was called for a second. Uh, Domas dunking on every Sixer center. That's true. I, not Embiid though, or has he? Yes, he has dunked on Embiid. Yeah. Okay. I don't think he's oh, dunked this year. on Dwight Howard yet. Uh, McConnell <laughs> mid-range jumper. Uh, this guy's he calls it the turnover by Goga. Hey, 
Goga's been playing really well I recently. Love Goga. The last two weeks, he's looked really good. Man, he's my rookie of the year. <laughs> well, Lamelo is hurt now. And also, he's not a rookie. <laughs> I mean, it's, to me, it's, it's between Goga and Cassius Stanley, so I think one of them has to play. Your rookie year is the first year that you're actually good, so, you know. That's true. Good point. Uh, the Mark Jackson shimmy. That's a good one. Okay. Um, Miles' signature SWAT. That's all right. I mean, if you're going to use that, that's pretty loose. you've got to you've got to say it's the Quinn Buckner smothered chicken. Yeah, that's it has to be paired with that. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, this guy just said 360 dunk. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> uh, did anybody say Justin Holiday corner three? No, because that's that's the most signature shot on the Pacers right now. Oh, here's a couple good ones. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll just read three more. Darren Collison had a mean crossover. His handles were elite in general. So I guess Darren Collison's crossover. Okay. I mean, it's easy just to think of the DeAndre Ayton play where he dropped him, or the sniper shot him or whatever. Uh, the Doug McDermott three off of a Sabonis screen. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a signature move, but it's just something you see a lot. Yeah, I was thinking when he comes off that screen and dives to the basket. I, yeah. I like that. Oh, that's a good one, too. It's a pretty and then game. finally, uh, the textbook Paul George excuse from the postgame interview. <laughs> That is his signature move. Uh, that, that's Devite. So shout out Devite. Uh, some some underrated ones. Uh, Leandro Barbosa driving the edge of the lane because he's just faster than anybody else on the court. So he would get right around everyone and for a nice oh, little like layup. Oh, kind of like that you guys roasted me for. <laughs> yeah, but he looks better doing it. That's my point. Who else? Uh, Roy Hibbert falling down. Roy uh, Hibbert jumping. Hey, Roy Hibbert jumping straight up. He made, he made that a thing. No, falling down. <laughs> I don't know if he made jumping straight up a thing. He yeah. was very good at it. It got him two all-star game appearances. Yeah. His signature move got him two all-star game appearances. Falling down. <laughs> there is a great YouTube video or clip of... Uh, God, who am I talking about? Roy Hibbert. Somebody pulls the ch- Kenyon Martin pulls the chair on him, I think it is. And uh, it's great. It's a huge fall. Reminds me of uh, when Eddie Murphy talks about his Aunt Bunny falling down the stairs. <laughs> just long and painful. He uh, also looked like he had cinder blocks for feet. Yeah. He uh, did have cinder blocks But for there's feet. some, like, who do you think runs, like, um, who has a more pure running style, Roy Hibbert or Luca Garza from Iowa? Oh, Roy Hibbert. Roy Hibbert, for yeah, sure. Yeah, you'd, you'd rather run like Roy Hibbert than Luca Garza, right? I don't. No, Luca Garza just kind of shuffles. He might be an actual Frankenstein's monster. <laughs> he does look like a Frankenstein. Look, if you're Luca Garza, you know Luca Garza. Sorry, but he won a AP Player of the Year today. So I mean, he's an unbelievable player. He's probably on track to win the Wooden Award as well. Yeah, I mean, you do you. Like, if it works for you, do it. Like, obviously, his running style hasn't hurt him in any way. Well, it will hurt him when he gets to the NBA. No one can play him. Number one overall, right, Austin? According to my father, he was going to be a top three pick. (laughs) Sorry if you hear any crying in the background. I think Austin's a little hungry. (laughs) Uh, uh, hungry, hungry. All right, well, we need to end it right there. Yeah, probably. Baby hungry. Any closing thoughts from you guys on this pod today? Baby hungry. All right. Uh, Hey, we're a little down on the paces right now, but with good reason. They haven't been playing well. So. Well, no, I think this conversation that we've had today, this hour and 11-minute conversation, I feel better about the Pacers going forward. Oh, nice. So I, I think it, it's probably there's probably no reason to feel that way. 
Yeah, yeah I mean, of hope in the schedule. We did get, up. yeah, we got positive at the end. There's a six-game stretch coming up that's going to be very important. They need to win a lot of these games. So. Yeah. If we Stay lose tuned. a lot of these games next week and we do this pod, or if we lose a lot of these games this week and we do this pod next week, it'll definitely be, a, you know, a different story. Yeah, you'll hear a lot more crying, mostly from Jack this time, though. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for us this week. Thank you all for listening so much. Please follow us on Instagram, all.pacers or Twitter, all underscore pacers, and we'll see you next time. Peace out. Happy Easter. Resurrect Nate McMillan in Indiana. Stop. You want me, Joel Embiid? Come get it, because I'm going to give it to you. Are you kidding me? Sabonis brought it to him.